0: Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. On today's episode, Pastor Lance Han and I will be talking about how to know God's will. For many Christ followers, difficulty understanding and knowing God's will for their lives is a huge source of frustration. We wanna know what God wants for us, but we don't know how to figure out what that is. Is it possible that maybe discovering God's will is less complicated than it seems? Is it possible that God has given us tools to help us know his will clearly and confidently? We'll be talking about these questions and more on on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode 23 of the Engaging Culture Podcast. I am Brian Kiley, joined by Lance Hahn. Lance, well, good morning. Good
1: morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm I'm eager to get into this conversation, although we talked off-air. And this is actually one of your favorite subjects to talk about. So, I'm actually more eager to hear you on this subject than anything I could possibly say. Than you are to hear yourself. I'm so tired (laughs) of hearing myself. (laughs) Yes. Uh,
0: Well, I'm excited to get into this as well. I'm a little disappointed to find out that my cough button doesn't work. So, just sorry in advance to any of you if I cough and destroy your eardrums. I'm going to really try hard to turn away from the microphone if that happens. Yes. Uh, yeah, you do periodically cough, don't you? I do. I am. I ask my (laughs) wife. She has many complaints in that department and I don't know what to tell her. So anyway, we are talking about God's will this morning and how do we go about determining it? It is certainly a subject that is, uh, not without its share of mystery. Uh, to get started, Lance, why should we even care about knowing God's will?
1: All right, so here here's how I I view things, and I, I I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Uh, which is that God's a creator. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're having any arguments yet. So far, so um, good. God is the creator and designer of this world. Therefore, He dictates both reality and the purpose for why things are here. Mm-hmm. The determiner of purpose is the most important person in the room, right? Because whatever we are going to do or function or whatever we are as an identity is defined by someone else. Mm-hmm. Therefore, because of that, what God thinks is the only thing that matters, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once again, just foundationally. Yep. So why do we care about knowing God's will? Because really, we're here to carry it out. Yep. And if we don't know what it is, then how are we to fulfill our purpose? So, in in other words, this is the central question that we're always asking. What does God think? So, the purpose
0: of our lives, you're saying, is very closely connected to the idea of determining
1: what God wants from us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we could determine God's will uh, cleanly and perfectly— that is the only thing that matters because we right. have to carry that out. Right. That is yeah. our only function for being here is relationship with God and glory to his name. Well, we don't know how to bring glory to his name. He only knows how to do that mm-hmm. and and really fulfill our created intent. We got to know what he wants. Yep.
0: And then even you think about from our own perspective, I mean, a, ver- a verse that I go back to again and again is Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore even that first sentence, you make known to me the path of life, yes. that that there is this connection between life and not just physical breathing, but I, I think vitality, wholeness, etc. cetera, right. a connection between life and then walking in God's path, God's design for us. So there is reason, th- th- I mean, that is, that's even, you could even say that is selfish incentive, perhaps, sure. for knowing God's uh, will. Yeah. Because when we- are walking in his ways that there is life, there is vitality, there is wholeness, a a measure of wholeness that comes from that.
1: Well, once again, if he's setting the purpose... And you're askew from the purpose. You're misaligned, you're up, you're right? You know what I mean? Then, then there's no fulfillment. There's yeah. no satisfaction because it's not even what he wanted in the first place. Totally. If, if you know, you ended up building a toaster, and every time it was frustrated that it wasn't a car, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> how's there any fulfillment in that poor little toaster? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Did,
0: did your toaster this morning? Did it just seem to exude frustration <laughs> to you? It that, did? Like, I mean, it was it, tense. If only I was a car. Stainless steel. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> not you all steel can be a car. So, all right. I think we agree, and I would imagine most anyone would agree who's a Christ follower, that uh, understanding God's will is important. I don't know that that's any great revelation for anybody. But uh, on the other side of that coin is this idea that in seeking to determine God's will, uh, we can do all sorts of weird things, or it can get all sorts of messed up as we seek to, God, what do you want from me in this situation? God, what should I choose? Um, Have you had a situation in your life, Lance, where out of a desire to try to seek the will of God, you've just found yourself kind of going a little
1: haywire? Uh, Yes, yes, I have. Now, I mean, there's a bunch of little situations where you end up flipping coins. You end (laughs) up, you know, doing something. It usually ends up being a, 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 like a a bargain with God, kind of like a game with God. If I see a butterfly today, then I'll know it's your will. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, I I think I've done a million of those (laughs) that I don't even remember them anymore. Um, I would say that in my life, there have really been... Uh, three outside of my walk with God, which once again was so early on, I I don't even think about it in terms of a determination. But there's three decisions in my life that were the biggest. And and one of them was uh, whether or not uh, who to marry yeah that that was the that was completely consuming in my life sure. and i was really obsessed about it but i did that so poorly um <laughs> meaning the process now praise the lord god saved my bacon <laughs> and gave me the right woman for me mm-hmm. uh which is Susie, and i'm forever grateful mm-hmm. um however i was not very helpful to the lord in that <laughs> process so That's we're not really going to talk about that one um another one was the the Determination to have a second child—that was okay. a big deal to us because um, Susie had a really, really difficult pregnancy, and, mm. and her body did not respond well to pregnancy. So, our determination to say we were going to press in uh, because we wanted to have our child to have a sibling—that right. um, was a very difficult decision because it, it it put a cost on my wife, yeah. Wow. And so I had to really rely on her. So I think that was another significant one, but but probably um, in there. What I did for a living was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Because I had no idea. Huh. You know, some people are born really knowing what they want to do. I'm going to be a fireman. You know, the only thing I wanted sure. to be was a vet because I uh-huh. love animals, which is not the right reason to just become a vet. Uh-huh. I don't think all There's... people that love animals <laughs> should be injecting them <laughs> with, no, all, <laughs> with <not>. things um, <laughs> or setting their bones. So I end up and this is embarrassing. I, I was 24 years old when this conversation was going on. Right. Because okay. I had already done a bunch of different jobs. And and to give some context. Here's my life um, in a nutshell which is I'm always gonna do ministry uh-huh. that, that's just who I am that's part of my identity right. that's not really a thing that I, I do it's just who I am right. so I always knew I was going to do ministry the question was what's gonna pay the bills right because here's the irony pastor was not on my list uh-huh. um, I, that was not what that was not something that I ever thought I was going to do or wanted to do so so professional ministry was not a thing right. So I had to figure out, what am I going to do? And I was looking at my gifts and my skill sets, and I was trying to estimate as a 24-year-old what pathway should I go down. Uh-huh. And so I made a list of possible occupations. <laughs> okay. And then I was, going, I was trying to discern what God's will was by writing out a list. Now, on that list were things like doctor... Lawyer, this is really embarrassing. I'm 24 years 24, old. Right. I'm not 12,
0: right? <laughs> not like, like, by this point, the, the field typically is narrowed a little bit. Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not
1: so awkward, like you can pick up the teddy bear version of each right. one of these occupations, <laughs> <laughs> firemen, you know, so and stuff like that. These require several years of, yeah. you know, anyway. So, so, doctor, lawyer, politician, and um, I literally had the, the word cartoonist on there. Okay. And a professor. Those, those wow. were, those were my, my list. And it was stuff like that. So once again, pastor was not on there, but a professor of a Christian, you know, I, I wanted to do Christian education. I- so anyway, having, having wrote all that down, I then was like, well, how do I determine God's will? I mean, these are things that I find there's an interest in. Sure. Now, the one thing that all of them had in common, except cartoonists, <laughs> was I wanted to help people. I I wanted to bring change. I wanted to bring some type of impact into the world from a mindset of Christ. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know what avenue. I was so young. And remember, I thought I was going to be a musician the rest of my life. I had just had the rug kind of pulled out from under me uh, a couple years prior to that, knowing that I was not going to do music for the rest of my life. That was my big focus as a child. Uh And so I was really lost. Um, anyway, so we get into that, and it was super funny because we're, you're going to find out that when we talk about discerning God's will, um, one of the primary ways in my life is my wife. Okay. And so, sure enough, I bring this list to her, and you should have seen her face. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, she, one of the things that is beautiful about Susie is she has an opinion. <laughs> Uh the the other thing that's beautiful about her is she's super blunt about it with me. And she looked at me and she goes, "Really?" <laughs> it was awesome. And, and the she looked voice at, of truth. She goes, "You're going to be a doctor. You're going to you're going to disappear and go in and study for 8 years and disappear from society and you're not going to be around people." Yeah, that's not going to happen. So that was my response on that one. Same exact response about lawyer, I believe. Um, And so uh, we moved on from there. So anyway, that was my story. Do you have a story? This is
0: fantastic. Do you have a story? Uh, Yes, and I'm I'm certainly not going to make fun of your story because my story (laughs) is every bit as ridiculous. And I I told this story in, in a sermon a while back. But when I was finishing college, or I should say, no, I took a year off between college and, and seminary. And uh, during that time, I ended up being faced with a sort of unexpected decision about where to go to school. And uh, partially because I'd been offered a job down in, in Southern California. I was living in Southern California at, at the time. I'd been offered a job in Oceanside. And if I went down there, I could, I could work and do ministry while going to school. And but the other option was to go up to Vancouver, Canada, and go to seminary up there. In and basically, in and the, the the job was in some place that would be very familiar. Uh, Canada was just the great unknown. I'd gone up to visit the campus once, and it was basically be you know whole new start of life. And I was just absolutely hung up on this decision. And more than that, I was convinced that there was a right choice and a wrong choice. So I am just agonizing over this. I go to meet with my pastor, which is a reasonable thing to do, except sure. for the fact that my pastor and I had literally never met. It was a huge church. And I interacted with the college yep. pastor a lot, but like never really the se- the senior pastor. So it's like, you know, this poor guy, now that I'm in the other position of that, a lot of times are like, Hey, pastor Brian, I don't know you, but can you solve my life for me? I'm like, I am happy to help. But anyway, so I, uh, you know, I go talk to him. I talk to all my buddies. I'm doing all this. I'm just, you know, praying about it, which all, all these are not bad things. No, to they're do. all good things, all good things to do. But just the level of anxiety was ridiculous. And it, and it got to this point where literally one day, uh, one of the jobs I had all through college. And even in that year out was there was a family in Beverly Hills that paid me very well to sit with their children while their children did their homework. And, uh, I remember sitting there with this sixth grader who I would not trust with anything, and I literally took one piece of paper and wrote an F on it for Fuller, which was a school in Southern California, and one piece of paper and wrote an R on it, which was Regent, the college I was looking at in in Canada, and I put them in both of my hands, and I had him pick one. (laughs) This is awesome. What the heck? And I I, I don't remember what he picked. (laughs) But I, but I'm just even the thought that I think maybe this is this is how God is going to reveal His will to me is through me asking this 12 year old yes to choose a crumple up piece of paper out of wow. my Wow. How'd that go? Uh, I don't, I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't remember what he picked. I don't know. Oh come on! But then I mean, but I remember I remember finally making the choice and feeling very unsettled about it, <laughs> feeling like I don't know. I just, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. And I was and and I share that story. And I think it's great that you shared your story too, in part because I think that these sorts of stories are relatable because a lot of us have these stories where we're like, man, I need to choose the right thing here. Yes. And if I choose the wrong thing, it's going to be lightning bolts and earthquakes and it's just, everything is a disaster. Yes. And needless to say, I've come to the point where I no longer believe that is true. Right. And part of the reason why I want to do this podcast is to help people avoid.
1: Avoid that. Nonsense. Absolutely. Uh, What I learned from that story is that you were a manny. No, I was not a nanny. nanny. Settle down. I was a tutor. No, this family was so rich. They had
0: a nanny, and that was not me. That was a separate employee of this household. Okay, but... (laughs) I sat at their little table and did their homework and sometimes played... Wait, you did their homework? No, 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 no. I watched them do their homework. You watch them. them. Okay, they help them with their homework. If you just watch a child doing homework, (laughs) you're called a stalker. Listen, the checks cleared, all right? So call me what you want. (laughs) But I made a lot more money doing that than I did working on campus. Amen. Anyway. All right. All right. So uh why next question. Why do you think we obsess so much? about knowing God's will for the future. I think there are good and bad reasons to obsess over this. But what what, what do you think are some reasons why we obsess over Well, it? let me
1: lean into the bad. You can okay. bring out the good. Sure. I don't know what the good yep. is, but um, I think we freak out about it because of fear of failure. Yep. It's fear of failure and disappointment. Now, uh-huh. that's still failure, in my opinion. If you go, I'm disappointing God, I'm disappointing somebody else, I'm disappointing myself, it's still fear of failure. Yep. We want to know the right answer, so we make the right decision, so it works out right for us. Yep. That's, that's the bottom line. Now, if you want to put a Christian label on it, there are some of us that love God enough that we're, we don't want to disappoint him. Like he made us for a purpose and then we screw it up. So I I guess that's noble if we're going to say that that's a, that's a positive. But why do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I
0: think that's, that is one of them. I think that, uh, with fear of failure, uh, I mean, that's, that's a big one, but the Christian spin on that, I think on some level is legit that there are a lot of us that just say, God, I want to please you. Yes, I want to do what is right in yeah. your eyes. So I think that is a, that is a noble motivation. Certainly. Yes. Uh, I think some, some other challenging ones though, are, uh, we want perfect fulfillment, right? Oh, we yeah, want perfect fulfillment sure. in this life. So we want yes. to choose the quote unquote right thing that is going to lead to ultimate satisfaction, ultimate satisfaction and absence of challenge and, yes. and whatever else, which is uh, impossible, by the way. Yes. Late breaking news. Uh, yeah.
1: But we really do. We uh, we want to avoid uh, discomfort yep. and difficulty. Yep. And Daytime. that tends to drive a lot of our prayer lives, by the way. Yes. We pray a lot more when things are bad, typically. Yes.
0: Yep. Those yep. who are able to pray more when things are great are more mature than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. And I think another part of this, and, and here's, here's where I think... Society has changed so rapidly and I, you know, I'm, I'm not a biologist and I just, the way our brains work and all that, I question if our brains have really caught up the notion of choice and how many choices we have today. Oh, it's insane. That is a very recent concept. Yes. If you look at the history of humanity, you know, I mean, yes. I've, I've joked before about how 150, 200 years ago. Oh my gosh, what do I do for a living? The same thing your dad did. Oh man, where am I going to go to school? School down the street. Oh my gosh, who am I going to marry? The girl across the street. That was it. Praise the Lord. Yep. (laughs) God's will for your life has been revealed, right? Where now we have unbelievable choices down to the smallest detail of our lives. And don't get me wrong. I love that we have those choices, but something I'm learning, and my wife and I talk about this periodically, is that all of that choice can be overwhelming. So there's actually some freedom that comes from taking choices off the table to just say, okay, no, whether the option is a purchase or a vacation or schools for our children or homes to buy or uh, medical treatments to pursue, that just to be able to say, okay, we are only going to consider this range of options, that that's actually necessary in the process of making a wise decision,
1: and, and well, it, there, yeah, too much information is paralyzing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it is this idea of an information overload, and then you don't, you nothing even makes any sense. Yep. I feel like this has spawned that whole fear of missing out and all that stuff. But when you were talking about um, that, you know, every other time in history. options were very, very limited. Um, It reminded me of two things that that just popped into my head. (laughs) One of them was uh, somebody was visiting, I don't remember what I was listening to, but they were visiting the United States and they were kind of doing a little bit of a comedy routine on it. And they were talking about that they froze up in the um, toilet paper aisle <laughs> because they had never seen so many options of toilet paper, yeah. and it's kind of like, well, now what do I do? Right? Like, is there a is there a negative impact if I select <laughs> wrong? Right? And you go if if something that we are wiping with has a million options. <laughs> What else has a million options and and that that freeze? The other thing that I was thinking about is I got a chance many many years ago to go to Italy and we uh, with my brother and we ended up in Cinque Terre, which is one yes. of the most beautiful places on the planet. And uh, that place became famous because of Rick Steves Europe, which is yep. a, a program that was on for a really really long time. Uh, I don't even know if it's still still around, but uh, he would go and travel the world and he happened to find this place and he really made it more and more popular. They ended up making the train go through there and they ended up, it became very, very popular. Yeah. Well, prior to that, they would live and die in their little villages. Cinque Terre is five little villages on the edge of the water, separated by mountains. You can mm-hmm. walk them yep. now, but very rarely would anyone walk to the next town. Right. So you just basically have your big selection of houses. They're all really pretty and everything, but it's really all that you know. Yep. And you have your beach whoever's in your town, that's it. That's who you know. And that's your whole life. So as far as options, what are you going to do now? All of a sudden we can fly anywhere. We see anything online. You're overwhelmed by, Oh no, there is a better option. What if I don't make it? Yep.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And to, I'm going to, I'm going to go up. I, I don't want to use this analogy with toilet paper just cause it's kind of gross, but, uh, let's say, um, I don't know, what's your favorite kind of salad dressing? Uh, Thousand Island. Okay, so let's say you go to the store and there is one kind of Thousand Island dressing. Yes. You get the dressing, you go home, you have it on your salad, you're like, yep, it's Thousand Island. Okay, cool, right on. But if you go to the store and there's 28 different Thousand Island dressings. I'm locked up. Yeah, you're locked up. You can't make a decision. Then yep. you do make the decision. You come home. You put it on your salad, and you're like, "No, oh, it's all right." But I wonder if
1: I wonder if there's a better one. one. Of these
0: other 27 versions are better. So, so in in some yes. ways, uh, choice can lead to higher quality, but can it actually lead to less satisfaction?
1: Because you're like, Absolutely. this is good
0: dressing," but out of 28 options, is it really the best? I f- and, and in
1: my opinion, maybe it's just I'm in a negative mood today. But <laughs> um, in my opinion, uh, the downsides are significant. Yes, they are very because significant. such decreased. Uh, satisfaction, such yep. decreased appreciation when you're always going, uh, I bet there's a better one. There's got to be something else out there, which yep. is,
0: yeah, which is wild. So, uh, okay. So there are some reasons why we obsess over God's will uh, for the future. Now, common misconceptions when it comes to understanding God's will. And I think this is where this is really, to me, it's such an important part of this, this podcast is, Uh, working through some of the misconceptions, thoughts that I think are very natural for us to think, but that can be damaging in some ways, uh, because we want to point some of those out so that we can then provide some correctives, and I think some important biblical correctives as we get to the end of of the episode. So uh, we can kind of go back and forth on this, uh, Lance, but why don't you start us
1: off with maybe uh, a common misconception or two when it comes to God's will. Um, okay. So let me, let me give a concept as my, as my first thing. And that is, I believe there's an underlying fallacy of asking the phrase, what is God's will for my life? Um, because it makes it sound like there's only one will. I I don't like that at all. When people ask the phrase, what is my calling? As if you only have one calling that creates an unnecessary pressure to get it all right. Yeah. So, um, For me, I believe that there's multiple purposes of our life. I think there's multiple roles and tasks. I think there's multiple callings. I think that we have a lot that God wants to do because really says, what does God require of me, you know, but to, you know, just love, you know, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly, stuff like that. If we're going to talk about Micah 6, 8. Right. But this idea of you're to be with God and do his will, that is your calling. Right. Okay, but people aren't content with that, so they want to go, what's my thing that I'm special at? Hmm, yeah, that's the that's problem good. with the question. And so let me let me just share this phrase. Uh, most biblical characters fell into their calling or were forced into their calling and didn't like their calling. Hmm. So if you think about Moses— yep right? So Moses did not want to be that. He actually wanted to be a leader when he was young and it didn't work out real well. And then when he didn't want to be a leader, God made him a leader. Yep. Gideon did not want to be a mighty warrior. As a matter of fact, he was scared. It goes on and on and on. Uh, John the Baptist didn't want to be beheaded. I mean, there was a, there's a significant <laughs> amount of callings and I everyone's like, that. what's my calling? What's my calling? Well, is God? Are, a lot of them fell into it, and here's right. here's my here's my question for you. What was Moses's calling? You go. Well, he's supposed. He was a what? Are you going to say deliverer? Well, honestly, he only did the delivery part for one portion. Yeah. It was he the guide. Oh yeah. Was he the prophet? Well, yeah. Was he a dad? Yeah. Was he a husband? Yeah. yeah. Was he a leader? Yeah. And we're going to keep going on and on and on. So if you play this game of even looking biblically, mm-hmm. biblically, they didn't have one calling. Right. This is Your calling is to be a child of God. Yeah. I mean, that's your identity. That's who you are. But your calling is to walk it out. Whatever that means. So right off the bat, one of the common uh, misconceptions and misunderstandings in my mind is that you only have one special thing you were built to do. And if you miss that, you missed your whole purpose in life.
0: It's like all of life was created for this one moment. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Don't blow it. That's on the movies. That's not real life. And then even also the idea of... of you have your big moment, and let's say it's everything it was ever supposed to yep. be, and then it's like, now what? It's over. <laughs> so what are the what is the purpose for the rest of your life? Like, well, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I just watched a, a football movie the other night. and It was this big dramatic thing, and they they you know they got to the championship, and it said you know afterwards here's what happened you know and the afterwards was and this coach is still helping a dis- disadvantaged youth. And that was kind of it. Yep. And you go, "Okay, so is that a letdown?" Yep. Because you didn't have that one opening season all over again. Yep. No. His purpose is still strong. His purpose is still right and good, but it's right. not flashy. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's still more to it. It's not like there was just this moment and now he's just Yeah. kind of waiting to die. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's not, not how a it thing works at all. Yeah, what about yeah. you? Okay, so another one I'm going to I'm going to give another kind of big picture one here. Um, this was really eye-opening to me when I started sort of contemplating this in my mid twenties after the ridiculous crumpled paper incident. Um, we don't understand the decisions that truly impact our lives the most. Uh, I think we get a a a, a we misunderstand uh, what decisions truly impact our lives the most. We think about. What is my profession going to be? Yep. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go to school? Where right. am I going to move? Etc. Uh, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. And get, those are get, important. Get, and those are extraordinarily important, and they are to be made with great care. And I and I'm not at all suggesting a cavalier approach to Hey, I just met you. You're awesome. Let's get married. Like no. Like don't do that. That's stupid. Um, but. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, I think that the little choices that we make every day often have a cumulative effect. That is far greater in significance than the big choices that we make occasionally. Like what? Like, for example, um, and and I'll give, and and I think some may disagree with this and you may disagree with it as well, but I I, like take, for example, when I was trying to decide where to go to college Yes. and it came down to Pepperdine and UCLA Yep. and I ultimately chose UCLA because I could afford it, (laughs) right? Made it a lot easier to, to make that decision, but so I go to UCLA, had I gone to Pepperdine, Many things in my life today would be different. I would almost certainly be married to somebody else. I would almost certainly have different friends than I have today. The closest people in my life would be different people because they'd be people I met at Pepperdine and not UCLA. Different kiddos. Uh, I would... Anyway, all sorts of things would be different about my life. However... I think that what matters most in terms of who I am, in terms of what I am accomplishing in my life, has less to do with Pepperdine, UCLA, marry this person, marry that person. And it has more to do with what are the values that are going to drive the decisions that I make. Am I going to be somebody who is seeking to honor God in the things that I do? Am I going to be a person who is seeking uh, to be generous towards those around me? Am I going to be somebody who seeks to live with a sense of of self-discipline and obedience to the Lord? Am I going to be somebody who is not always seeking the biggest and the best? Am I going to try to operate by sound financial principles? Those sorts of, those sorts of day-to-day decisions, to me, have an even larger cumulative impact on my overall life than... Pepperdine, UCLA, Southern California, Canada, et cetera. Because those are the decisions that I think ultimately at a most foundational level craft who you are and craft in, in some sense, the the extent to which you're able to match up your life with God's will for you. Agree, disagree.
1: Uh, well, okay. So the parts that I absolutely agree on is that you're talking about character matters more than role yes. and more than task and yes. that who we are is more important than what we do. Yes. All that stuff. I'm going to agree on 100%. Um, and I'm much more of an internal guy and kind of what you do on the outside doesn't, doesn't always matter as much. Right. Um right. the way that I, okay, so here's where um, I, I'm going to agree with you and kind of take it a little bit of a turn here, okay? which is. When we're thinking about, since I believe that God's will is the most important thing, then can God be glorified through Pepperdine and through UCLA? Can God be glorified through Regent and through uh, Fuller? The answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. God is so good at this stuff, you're not going to ruin God's plans because you made the wrong decision. God is infinitely creative, and he has so many streams running at the same time. Yep. And so we don't have to worry about, oh, we ruined it for God. Right. You know, the only time we're talking about ruining it for God, it usually ends up going back to saying, well, you ruined it for you in (laughs) in a certain way. Yeah. Because when you chose sin over God for all those years. Yeah. You did not have the blessing of walking with him, right? Okay, that does have a ramification. However, you didn't ultimately frustrate God. Right. You don't have the ability to shut down the universe, yes. right? But did you lose out on some blessing? Yes. Yeah. Do our decisions matter based on blessing of reward versus discipline? Yes. Yes. But, but when we start going in, we're saying, "Oh my gosh, uh, it, this is really going to frustrate God's ability to work with me." Yeah. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, all your colleges sound very preppy. Very preppy? Yeah. The, 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 now that I, I mean, listening to you going, <laughs> going, Regent, I don't know if I should go to Regent, or I should go to Fuller, or if I should go to Pepperdine. Dude, I don't even know why we're at the same table. I went to Sierra College, and uh, yeah,
0: and and, I, and Sac State. It just means that you didn't give yourself as many headaches. <laughs> And nervous breakdown, studying as I did, Lance. It's a sign of really, frankly, a poorly lived life. From would, my perspective, well, I, but I, I, I would have it, expected it, it, more to from be a clear, Manny for for me than for you. Shh. Okay, <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> this,
1: is fun. Um, this is fun. I'm enjoying I'm this. A good time. Okay, okay. Go.
0: But I think I think what you're saying is so important. Other than making fun of me for being a Manny, which right. I was not. But. Um, Lucian, our sound engineer, is enjoying this a lot, too. (laughs) He laughed through the glass. I I can hear him laughing through the glass right now, and I'm trying to get us back on track. Get back on track. Okay, but this is one of those things that it's like, once you say it out loud, you realize how ridiculous it is. Yes. That, like, God's not looking at you going, oh, my gosh, I I was going to (laughs) move in your life in such powerful (laughs) ways, but you moved to Seattle instead of Salt Lake City. Yeah. So I good, can't do anything good, with good, good luck out there. <laughs> good luck you know, like, out- it's, just, it's like we think that those are like here. I man, if I if I stay in yeah. Southern California, it's just all going to God's going to be like, man, I had all this stuff for you in Canada. But now you're done. Yep. It's, you realize how ridiculous that is. Right. But then you realize the opposite is really important. Where at the end of the day, if you live in Seattle or Salt Lake City, if you have a heart that is open to yes. God and a, and a heart that desires to yes. please him. God can work with you in both of those places. So there's some freedom there. There's freedom. You know, unless you're like, hey, I'm going to go to Seattle and be a drug trafficker <laughs> or go to Salt Lake City and, right. you know, work an honest job. Like there's right. a difference there, right? Yes. But, uh, you know, to say that I think just the freedom that comes from realizing in so many of these either or type decisions that we make yeah. to know that if we have a heart that is open to God, God can work with us in that environment. Whatever that environment
1: is, you're a child of God. No matter where you go, so you're gonna be okay. God has beautiful things planned, and and all kinds of ideas. We always try to figure out, well, is that his backup plan? Did I miss the first plan? <laughs> is there a better plan? Now I got a lame plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yes, I understand ramifications of things, but but understand God already knows that stuff. Yep. that's already been taken into account. You know, um, one of the things that I think is so stunning is in the Bible when you study genealogies, you see how incredible creative God is that the the Messiah comes through Bathsheba Uh that always stuns me yeah. Because Bathsheba was a terrible decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yet that's Jesus's lineage. Yep. And so it, it, can God work with it? Even our complete like psychotic failures? Yes. Yeah. We have to have more confidence in who he is so we can just be free to be who we are, right? Right. And be able to make these decisions and go, no, 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 no. He can work with us. I mean, I watched my, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she just got locked up about the whole, where am I going to college thing? Yep. And because it feels like there's a of difficult negative ramification if I don't make the right call here, am I not going to be as fulfilled? Yep. And yet I'm looking at our options, and it's one is beautiful, one is beautiful, one is beautiful. You know, they're yep. all extraordinary. And even as a limited dad, I'm going, wow, I can see beauty all the way around this. Right. But once again, that fear of making the wrong decision. Yep. Oh man, it's it's, it's captivating.
0: Well, and here's here's one that even even as my wife and I have have had to make different conversations had had to make different decisions. There we go. And you and Susie as well. And, and other, obviously we all make big decisions in our lives is, is just some vocabulary that my wife and I have adopted in a lot of scenarios is just to be able to recognize, uh, okay, we have to choose between X, Y, and Z. Just, let's just recognize for a second here that these are all good options. Amen. Right now there are plenty of times where they're there are good and bad options. And I don't sure. mean to minimize those at all, but just to recognize, okay. And, and I think similar with, with Jill and choosing, choosing a school, it's like, right. these are all good options. Yes. Now that doesn't mean the decision is easy. No, there are, there are no. important things to take into account, yep. but it does sort of take that pressure off just to know, okay, whatever I end up with, yes. might there be some part of me that wonders what might've been? Sure. And I, you know, that's okay. But just to know, okay, These are all good choices, and I don't need to worry about failing this test here. Yes, there is no
1: failure mark.
0: Yeah, And, and I think with that, to recognize that God doesn't always promise clarity on all things. I mean, God doesn't write down the answer to every decision on the wall. For us to well, as a matter of fact, the
1: biblical record indicates it's quite the opposite. Yes, it right. is significant obscurity. Yeah, um, the most the most common, I think, that anyone ever would refer to is Abraham. That's that famous calling: yes. leave your family and go where I tell you. Yep. Well, how's that going to go? I'm not telling you. Where am I going? <laughs> I'm not telling you. You know what I mean? Everything was obscure, yes. <laughs> and that's that accidental God. There's a there's a river going, and it, the Bible talks about him guiding like a stream, yep. guiding and you know saying. Listen, it's it's coursing through, but I'm gonna I can make it turn on a dime. Right, and if you go this route, it doesn't mean God can't even get you back on this path over here. Yep. Anyway, He's yep. just so beautifully creative. He can he can
0: make that happen. Um, and I think so. Another another misunderstanding misconception, or maybe this isn't a misconception, but an important thing to keep in mind is that a lot of times paranoia can lead to passivity, that we are so afraid to make a decision, yep. that we don't make a decision. Yep. Not recognizing that that is in itself a decision. <laughs> and oftentimes that's really truly the wrong decision. Yes. It's just
1: avoidance. But when we avoid making the decision, we think we escape the responsibility for it. Yep. And that's not true. Yep, We say, if I did, I didn't make that call. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah. Because you didn't make that call. Passivity so is something. It
1: is a determination. Yeah, and when time. you do that, you are making a decision. Yep. And you're you uh, absc- you know, your abdication of making a determination is in itself a determination yep, big time. So, all right. So, we're talking about all of
0: these different misconceptions, all these challenges with understanding God's will, even saying things like we can't expect everything to be super clear all the time. So I think that begs the question of, okay, if if I can't expect God to skyride it in the clouds for me, right. or, if, or if even, and I, and I don't mean to make fun because I've spent, and you probably have too in different times, I've spent hours and hours praying about decisions, asking that God would make it clear that for whatever reason, he doesn't choose to make it clear. So I think yes. the question then is, what are we supposed to know before we make major decisions, or what sorts of frameworks can we use to help uh, help with the big decisions we have to make?
1: Um, okay, so I want to share something, and I'll I'll kind of just jump in on this. It might take <laughs> us a little bit forward, so you may have to take us a little bit back. Cool. Um, but as a host, that is your responsibility. That's my job. Okay, so I I um, when we I knew we were going to do this this podcast. Yep. I reached out to a friend of mine, Judd Boys, who um, is. A part of uh, Bayside Covenant Church here locally uh, uh-huh. at Granite Bay. Yep. Um, he and I have been buddies for a long time. We actually were in seminary together. Um, probably not as prestigious as the seminary that you went to, but um, <laughs> although I think it was, I think it was nice. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> this I'm enjoying this a lot. Okay. So anyway, um, he is a super intelligent guy. He's a business leader, and he carries around a card in his pocket about discerning god's will which is rather random that this would be the specific card that he carries it's two-sided okay uh and it is for him not just a means of discerning god's will but it is an evangelistic tool and Hmm. check this out this is so crazy he and he just reminded me of this on the phone before we we came in to record he goes he goes remember lance this is my evangelism tool and i go okay tell me that again and he said he goes every time i'm on a plane I asked somebody next to me, uh, hey, how do you make important decisions in your life? Huh. And they go, "What? Well, I don't know, you know, whatever. And he goes, he goes, interesting. He goes, now I have some thoughts on that because I do a lot of study in that. Um, I can either give you the Christian version or the non-Christian version.
0: He says that to other people. He says that. Oh, interesting. And then
1: they, you know, of course, most of them are going to go, well, okay, yeah, what's the non-Christian version, right? Uh-huh. Like, I don't want to get into your Jesus stuff. Sure. He said, but very rarely will not at the end of the conversation go, well, just because I want to know, what's the difference with the Christian version? And then huh. he leads into that. It's just fascinating. So oh, here's his list. You ready? Yes. This I'm is his list of how, and this is a Christian version, by the way, okay. which they're very similar, but it, it, it brings in God. So here we go. If you want to know, and these aren't big decisions. Yep. This is not on every decision. Oh my gosh, is it, do I have tomatoes sliced or diced? Safeway you know. or Raleigh's. What are Yeah, we we're not doing here? that. Okay, here we go. Do you have a sense of peace and confirmation when you pray about it? So you enter into conversation with the Lord. Do you have a sense of peace and confirmation? Once again, you're relying much more on emotional connection to what's going on. Similar to dreams, when people ask me, well, I had this dream. What do you think it means? Um, I tend to ask, well, what was your feeling when that occurred? It's not so much what occurred. It's what was your feeling about how it occurred? So in the same way, do you have a sense of peace and confirmation? When you're praying about it, is there always an agitation? Hmm. then that could be an indicator. Okay. The second one, is there confirmation while you're reading scripture? When you're in God's word, is it kind of still giving the green light, right? If you're like, um, I was thinking about hijacking a car, God, what do you think? And then you're, you're reading and that just doesn't seem to jive with what's going on in scripture. All right. Number three, do you have confirmation from two to three people that have authority on the subject? Meaning right. you can't just random. You can't just uh, maybe go to a 12-year-old and ask their opinion. What do you right? think, about this, do you think about this big life decision? So confirmation from two to three people that are authorities on the subject, right? So if it's a thing about I have to make a decision about something that deals with my, uh, my emotions and my heart, well, then I can ask my wife. I can ask my mom. I can ask people that care about sure. me, yeah. right? All right. Four, do you have confirmation to two, from two to three church leaders? Hmm. Two to three church leaders, this is where you go in and you just connect in because sure. you're not just looking for authorities on the subject, you're yeah. actually looking for spiritual guidance. Okay. Number five, it has an opportunity presented itself. You don't really have a decision to make if there's no opportunity. Because a lot of times we go, oh, my gosh, should I go to Harvard or should I? And you're (laughs) like, uh, I already talked to Harvard. They don't want you. Which (laughs) NBA team should I buy? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. (laughs) Not a live issue at the moment. But we (laughs) we stress over a lot of stuff that's not really an option for us. Totally. And so, first of all, as an opportunity opportunity presented itself. All right. Number six. Has provision been made, meaning did God provide for you to follow through on that? So if you say, um, I want to know if I should go on this mission trip, and yet God has not provided any funds to go on that trip, has there been provision made? Is God organizing it for you? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing him working upstream for you? And then uh, next one, there's only two more. Next one, what does your common sense or wisdom say? Just sheer common sense. Let's back up, go big picture and go, what is the wisdom of all this? Hmm. What are the ramifications? And then the final one was, does your spouse confirm it? If you're married, Mm -hmm. if you're not married, that's a very hard step. Big time. Because yep. then you have to make the big decision of what spouse you're going to marry, so you can S- ask S- them <laughs> that same question. That's- I need to know what my spouse thinks
0: about us getting. No, boy. Oh, that's awkward. Just, we're going to stop right there. Yeah. Uh, that is a phenomenal list. That's a cool list, that's, huh? that's a really, really, a really good list. Now, here's my one question I will ask because yeah. I think it's it's important. So, what do you say to the person who says, "Okay, I I went through that whole list." I don't feel like God is clearly telling me no, Yes. but I don't feel a huge sense of affirmation either, or I'm choosing between two things
1: and I still don't have a strong sense one way or the other. Yeah, I would say then um, what ultimately God is telling you is that both options are equal Mm -hmm. and it does not matter. (laughs) There you go. Make a choice. Make a choice. We can roll with either one. Because what what we really need to do is we need to say, um, when we're making decisions, is there something that will violate God? Yep. In it, and is there something unwise about it? If we can ultimately scratch those off, we have tremendous freedom. Right. And that's. And there's uh, joy
0: in that. Totally. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's the part that we miss a lot of times and why we get so hung up in a lot of the decisions that we make is that we have freedom. and, And this is where understanding God's will can get a little bit wonky because, on the one hand, do I believe that God knows every single detail of our lives? Yes, I do. Do I believe yep. God cares about every single detail of our lives? Yes, yep. I do. God's not like, man, I wonder what Brian's going to do today. Let's just wait and see. <laughs> you know, like that is not my perspective. <laughs>
1: However, angels, <laughs> angels. he turned left. <laughs> However, I, okay, wasn't, I wasn't expecting
0: that. The whole plan for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> really? He went to lunch at Chondo's. Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course I went there. God loves Chondo's. It's delicious. Anyways, um. I distracted myself. <laughs> Gosh, I we're, love we're, that. Having a, we're having a that tough super day here funny. today, but, no, we're having a, but we're having a good time. Okay. So God knows all the details. Here we go. We're back. God knows all the details. Yep. However, I don't believe he requires us to know all of those same details no. before we make a decision. And there is tremendous freedom for us to use wisdom yep. and use the brains he gave us to make decisions, yes. recognizing that when we're not in obvious violation of his law, when we're, obvi- we're not not in obvious violation of his will of decree or his will of desire, what God commands or what God asks of us, that there is some freedom there to make choices and to seek to make them from a place of earnestly desiring to glorify God and to care for others.
1: Um, okay, so I, one other piece to this, which just popped into my head, yep. which is rarely a good thing. Here we go. Um, The learning circle. Yep. Okay, so you and I have done some study, some extensive studies on uh, different concepts. And one of the concepts that came up by a company called 3DM Mm -hmm. uh, came up with a concept of a learning circle. And what it means is, is that as you go through life, there's a normal trajectory. And then sometimes God uh, introduces kind of aha moments. They're called Kairos moments, moments where you go Whoa, that just caught my attention, yep. and he can change the trajectory of your life based on how you respond to that. Yep. We train that type of concept here at Bridgeway, and and you go through kind of a six step process. Do you remember yep. the six step process? Um,
0: yes, I'm going to have a hard time naming all of them at the top of uh, yeah. uh, off the top of my head. But yeah. let's see: observe, reflect, discuss. Yep. So observe what's happening, what what is taking place, why is this happening discuss this with others, Yep. create a plan, yes. like what am I going to do now after having discussed, uh, create some Account- sort of accountability. Yep. accountability. So Lance, here's my plan. I need yes. you to hold me accountable or to help me in making my my plan or ask me about it later. Now I'm going to act. Perfect. Based off of this Kairos moment, yes. I am going through the learning circle, which if you can just picture those six steps kind of placed around a circle. Mm-hmm. Now, what we believe to be true is that that will alter the trajectory of my life in some way that will hopefully get me more in alignment with who God has called me to be.
1: Absolutely. And so I think that even with the big decisions that we have these things, should I go here? Should I move here? Those type... On on every day, the Holy Spirit's still speaking. Totally, and so He brings up these these things that you that you it catches your attention, and you just go to God about it. Yep. Hey, God, is there anything I needed to know about that? Yep. Because if ultimately the answer was nope, I just wanted you to know I loved you, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, great, boom. Well, you you go out of that more affirmed as a love child of God than when you walked into the service. So either way, you're changed. Yes. Absolutely. But all it is saying is that even in your day to day decision making, are you involving God in the process? Taking some time to reflect and yep. being wise about it. Yeah,
0: is there attentiveness to God's activity in our midst? I mean, that's a huge part of of all of this. Now, uh, for kind of our last segment here, yeah. want to go to uh, go to the scriptures a little bit. We are Christians after all, what? and. What do the scriptures have to tell us about seeking God's will? I have a number of passages that I was looking at uh, earlier today and yesterday, and and I just kind of want to start with one of my favorites, because I do think, and here's the word of caution I want to give, is I I don't at all want anyone to get the impression that because we're saying that we don't need to freak out about decisions, that does not mean that we ought to make them willy-nilly or that we ought not consult scripture pray, consult others when it comes to making big decisions. Nothing could be further from the truth. I just think we need to understand what really matters most to God and what doesn't. And then what what does God give us in terms of direction? And then what does he not? So my first passage I want to cite is one of my favorites, Ephesians 5, uh, starting in verse 16, or excuse me, starting in verse 15. Where it says, "Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is." I love the contrast between foolishness and the will of the and the will of the Lord. So, right. don't be an idiot. Understand what God's will is, and I think that part of God's will is revealed in verses 15 and 16, which is look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. A big concept for me, something I try to keep in my own mind, something I'm on, especially my oldest son about a lot is pay attention. What are you doing and why are you doing it? If I ask you, why did you do that? And you say, I don't know, that's a problem. Now he's seven. So, I mean, there's some allowance there, of course, but just this idea of, I want to be intentional about the decisions that I make. And then I want to use, make the best use of the time to understand my time, my attention. These are finite resources to the best of my ability, the best of my ADD personality. I don't want to waste them. So to walk in wisdom and to seek to make use of the opportunities in front of us, that's a big, just kind of general principle that the scriptures give us in discerning God's will. What's another place we can go?
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, for me is the idea of counsel, Of seeking counsel. Um, uh, You know, uh, Proverbs, of course, which we always think of as the primary wisdom book, right? Um, It is consistently chasing after this idea that when you have good counsel around you, you're going to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. I think that something that you and I, harp about a lot is is how important community is. Yep. That if you don't have other people around you that can speak into your life, you're going to have significant blind spots. Yep. And that can lead to some poor decision-making. So once again, I think getting wise counsel is a, is a big deal for me.
0: Proverbs uh, 11, 14. I couldn't remember the verse, so I just had to look it up. Uh, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's the one. That's such a big deal. Just yep. the idea that, man, I'm going to look to I'm going to look to others, godly people around me uh, that can just sort of multiply whatever wisdom I might have, people that can see my blind spots, everything else. Uh, so here's here's another another big one is, and this is a good contrast to sort of the silly approaches to finding God's will, the shake the magic eight ball, the, you know, wait for the butterfly to fly by, the pick one or the other, you know, out of the hand kind of deal, is another favorite passage of mine, Romans 12, one through two, uh, which talks about, and I always See, I memorized this verse a long time ago in the NIV, and now in the ESV, he I can't get all find it. messed stuff. So here we go. Uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect here's the deal. And I I believe this so strongly when it comes to godly wisdom, can God just sort of reach down and like, you know, boom, lightning bolt, give somebody who's just not been walking with him at all discernment and wisdom. Is God able to do that? Yes. I believe that that is true. However, I also believe that fitness in terms of wisdom is sort of like physical fitness in that it comes from a wisdom producing lifestyle. So how do we discover God's will? By the renewal of our mind. In my opinion we can the uh, the best way to be able to make big decisions with confidence is to prepare for them every day. Yes. With absolutely. things like what am I exposing myself to? Right. What are my influences? Am I am I connected with God in the little things so that I can hear his voice in the big things? Have I surrounded myself with people who love him and can speak life and wisdom into my life or am I just surrounded by people who they don't know any more than I do, right? It is by the renewal of our minds, which is an ongoing process, which we will never complete in this life that we can develop the skill to make wise decisions that are in line with God's will.
1: Yeah, I know that's super good. Um, I would jump to Proverbs three, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight things that concept. Uh, I, I think I just misquoted that as a matter of fact, is that correct? Do you have um, the ability to look that one up. Say
0: it, say it again. Which one? Oh, the, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 3, five. Uh, yeah. cause I
1: memorized it in the new King James. Yeah. From back in the day. Uh, It's embarrassing.
0: Oh my gosh. Lean not
1: on thine own understanding. Trust in the
0: Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all All your your ways ways, acknowledge acknowledge him him, and he he will will make make your
1: path straight. straight. Yes. Boom. And, and, your, yes. and little stereo thing we had going on. There. That, was, that was very funny. nice. Um, yeah. So and once again, that is not saying that you don't need to use your brain. Yep. It's saying that that cannot be the only place we are looking. We are not just leaning on our own understanding of the world. We're leaning on God's wisdom. Yep. And when we acknowledge that He's more important and that His ways are more right, it alters how we make decisions. Yep. So anyway, that would that one was interesting
0: sure. way that I've I've seen this passage taught, and I I have not gone back to look at the Hebrew closely enough to verify this, but I, I heard somebody and they were a trusted, a trusted pastor who I, you know, believe is telling the truth, say that that word straight, he will make your path straight could also be translated clear. Interesting. So it is kind of the idea yeah. that, uh, he will make your, he will make it more clear what you are to do. Now there are two ways to understand that. I think one is the, I don't think that's referring to choosing between two good choices, right? right. But I do think that it speaks to the idea that when you are trusting the Lord with all of your heart. And when you are leaning not on your own understanding and when in all your ways you're seeking to acknowledge him, certain decisions and most importantly, certain destructive decisions are just either off the table completely or they lose their appeal. Yes. Right? No, so I think we can save true. ourselves from running into some uh, running into some difficult, uh, difficult situations. I realized
1: why I messed up on the verse. Why? Because I, I forgot it was, trust in the Lord with all our heart. We didn't start it right. I oh. started on lean, not on your own understanding. Oh, well, there you go. You know, anyway. There we go. All right. I feel better about that, myself that, now. That's,
0: that, but that's like the only verse of the Bible you don't have memorized. Right? Oh, right. Because yeah. No, 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 no. I had it memorized
1: that, earlier, so one. we're all good. Now. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So um, there is a concept... That Jesus said, do not be anxious about anything, but by all things, by prayer and pe- petition, present your request to God, and, he, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Th- this idea about not worrying. Mm-hmm. Worry is the idea that, that all circumstances are going to go as normal. And so uh, <laughs> did I just – You said yes. Jesus. I was trying to be subtle. Oh, that was very sweet. You corrected me you know, on a piece of paper. That was, that, that was Paul. <laughs> was that just, Paul?
0: Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah, you just heard Philippians 4, uh,
1: right? Maybe yeah.
0: you were thinking Jesus, <laughs> no. like, do not be anxious from like Matthew 6. <laughs> I was. And <laughs> then you said, you and know. And then I quoted Paul, quoting I've had Jesus. people, and you've probably had this happen too, they yes. like zing you later because you have like a miss, you know, like I misspoke. Oh, and I'm said, glad you caught me on this know, one. Timothy wrote. And I'm like, no, I know that like, like, Paul wrote Timothy. Paul wrote but <laughs> I just sound like an idiot now. And anyway,
1: just so we know, Lance knows that Paul wrote Philippians. <laughs> yes. So here's the funny thing. So what I was ref- what I was thinking about was him on the Sermon on the Mount yeah. talking about these concepts. Yeah. And then I quoted Paul. Yeah. All right, there moving on. All Sorry right. about that, Fantastic. everybody. Um, so here's the thing. It was the idea of you cannot allow the idea of the what-if scenario to get out of control, where you're worried and worried and worried about what's going to happen in the future. And God goes, hold on, I'm just as in control in the future as I am right now. Yep. And so please give me room to move. Yep. Stop assuming. Right. Yep. Because I'm in control. Yep. So yeah. That, well,
0: and yeah. that, and that is, that is such an important concept and it is the repeated pattern of scripture where we are told to trust God with the future yeah. and engage with God in the present. Yes. And I think what, what happens is we get so hung up over the future and there are, there are, I'm not going to say no commands. there are few commands about what to do in the future. Right. There are all sorts of commands
1: on what to do right now.
0: Do not be anxious, but but and everything by prayer. that is a present yes. command. Do, in fact, Jesus even says, "Don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Yes. Right? You know, uh, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Like that is a present day yep right command. Now. And and I also think that going back to the Proverbs three concept, I think that if we and I'll speak to myself more than anybody, if we were more uh, more engaged with obeying God's will in the present sort of the future would kind of take care of itself a little bit more. Right. Because I would be doing the things that I knew God had asked and I'm not waiting for like some special Brian revelation. I mean, Hey, if God wants to give it to me, I'll take it. But even just by what God has revealed in scripture, I can know enough to walk with him today.
1: Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's that famous adage, take care of the, uh, if you take care of the nickels, what is it? Manage the nickels and the dollars will take care of themselves. It's the idea that, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to work on my character and am I in alignment with the Lord's heart? Yeah. The decisions will begin to take care of themselves. Yeah,
0: totally. All right. Last passage I want to bring up. And it's a passage that I shared at a wedding recently when you were in attendance.
1: Which you did brilliantly, by the way. Oh, thank you. I was very impressed by you. Fishing
0: for a compliment and I got it. So thank you. That went, that went perfectly. But it was just, as I was preparing for the wedding, I sort of had this thought and I'd never really considered this before, but, uh, I think it's a helpful question for life and certainly a helpful question for marriage. And, uh, they had asked me to talk about a passage from Colossians chapter three. So I referenced Colossians chapter three, verse 17, which at the end of this like long string of really cool commands, it said, it says, and I want to get the wording right. So I'm trying to pull it up right here. Uh, and it's not cooperating. Uh, it says, whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a paraphrase. Cause I still can't get my computer to work, but do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I said that was that I think that In marriage, and this is true just in life, we get ourselves in trouble because the question we ask before we make any decision or do anything or not do a thing or whatever, is we ask questions like, can I justify this? Or is this permissible? Or can I get away with this? Or could I defend it in a court of law? You know, these sorts of things. Whereas a much better question to ask would be, can I do this in the name of Jesus? Can I, the way that I treat my spouse, can I do this in the name of Jesus? The approach, the approach I take to my job, the choice I make about where to move, can I do this in the name of Jesus? And underneath that banner, there is then freedom. But much like with the Proverbs concept, that takes some takes some some options off the table and most importantly, takes some really unhealthy options off the table.
1: Well, let, me, let me just highlight again how powerful that is because uh, this is one of the key things that moved me um, at that wedding when you were talking um, it's one thing to say, can I justify yelling at someone today? Probably. Mm-hmm. Can I yell at them and say that's how Jesus would have done it in his name? Can I justify posting this article because I'm frustrated at the left or the right? Yeah. That's one thing as opposed to saying, would Jesus have posted this article and can I do it in his name? Yeah. That fundamental shift of saying how you are making decisions uh, is so significant. So I just, I just, I know that you were kind of going through it. Now it's just so powerful. I needed to slow down and just understand uh, for our listeners and our viewers. uh, That was a big. That's a big truth. Yeah, that's really really good. It's
0: it's it's important. And and none of us are going to answer that question affirmatively all the time. I mean, any one of us can look back on a day and see mistakes and ways we've fallen short and all of that. And we need to lean into God's grace in those moments and to recognize that as we renew our minds, God is continuing to refine us. And because the last thing I would want is for a question like that, just to provoke a bunch of guilt and resentment. But nevertheless, I think that under the banner of God's grace, it can create a helpful lens for helping us, A, eliminate bad decisions, and then B, sort of recognize there's freedom within other good decisions. Amen. So,
1: uh, let me give one last thought and cool. I need you to close this out. Yep, yep. I want to give you the rest of the story. Remember I said that I had that list yes. that I presented out to Susie? Yes. So I decided off that list that I was going to be a Christian professor okay. and I determined to go down to Southern California and get my, uh, my master's of divinity degree and begin to go down that route. When I received a call from this church and and ultimately ended up becoming the pastor of this church. So even though my decision, line, it wasn't even on, pastor yep. was not on my list, yep. God found a way to go through my decision to become a professor to ricochet that off into something that wasn't even on my list. So once Boom. again, whatever you determine and de- decide, God still can work with it and move you where he needs you to have
0: you. Oh, that's so good. That's fantastic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, all right. Well, Hey, thank you, Lance, for your time and your wisdom today. Thanks to all of you for listening Two quick things. Cause I just can't help myself when it comes to recommending resources, two books that were so helpful for me in discovering and in, in learning all of this stuff. There's a book, short little book called just do something by a guy named Kevin DeYoung. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then another book called desiring God's Will, Aligning Our Hearts with the Heart of God by David Benner. Both of those, if you read them, you'll be glad you did. Hope that our conversation today was helpful for you. Want to thank Lucian and Montana and Brenton and all the guys that make us sound good and look good, or at least as good as we possibly can be. Thanks to all of you for listening. We look forward to seeing you again in a couple weeks for the next episode of Engaging Culture.
1: Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.